When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Ryan and I came off of a really fun episode um, just this past week where we were coming on and talking about the Kings. Um, how they kept the Luke Walton going into the offseason, the big decisions on the horizon. So it was a fun episode. If you're looking for that episode or any other Kings Cast episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you find your podcast. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan was good. What's going on? Was that a good one? I tried to give the whole bush uh, vibe that you know goes around. But um, hey, so what's up, man? It's a uh, it's a good Friday night here. That Clippers Mavs game's on right now. Quick story right now. Uh, today was a really cool day. Had the day off. Had my son all day. Took him to the golf course for the first time. He's eight months old. Put him in the uh, we have the Bob stroller. I'm sure, you uh, dads out there know what that is. Um, put him in that thing. Put the clubs on the back and walk nine holes. Uh, little man did great. It was awesome. Didn't shoot as well as I'd like to, but you know I, I'm gonna credit that to my kid was like screaming and stuff in my backswing. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm excited to be here, man. Let, let's let's jump into this. Last couple last couple of Kings Cast episodes, you've come on here uh, having just played golf the day of the podcast. Maybe because we do them at the end of the week. You have <laughs> that's when you're free or. But I feel like this is about three or four weeks in a row. Well, I'm going to be honest you... with you. All right. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. All right. I don't, I don't like to work. All right. I got, you know, I got, I got a good job and stuff, you know, and I, hey, anytime that I can get off, I'm getting off. Sorry. You know, I have, I, all right. You know, I, like I said, I have an eight month old. All right. I have a crap ton of vacation saved up because of COVID and stuff. Uh, you know, the, you get the FMLA. It's like eight weeks off when you have a kid for bonding time within the first year. So, Hey, you know, weather's, weather's nice. I'm going to go out and golf, man. It is what <laughs> use, it is. And, and, you know, using it, the bonding time <laughs> to play golf. 
What do you? It, it was bonding time, dude. I brought my kid out, dude. We had a group. We had a good old time, dude. He was eating crackers, screaming. It was fun, man. We had a good time. But yes, bonding time. Yeah, just you know, it's summertime, dude. Like, all right, I golfed today. I golfed Wednesday. I golfed Tuesday this week. I'm golfing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Reno next week, and then like two weeks after that, I'm golfing in 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 Monterey for the weekend, like two rounds. So, dude, it's golf season, bro. It's the off season, man. It's the off season. Hey, yeah. grip it and rip it, bro. No practice swings. You were talking about the uh, the the Mavs and Clippers game, and yeah, I was watching that before we hopped on. I I actually am kind of gonna throw that on my phone on mute while we're doing this. I think just so I can follow along at least. So about that game. So that's an interesting series, Ryan, because. Uh, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. That was a team, you know, we talk about how the NBA is like a mat. It's all about really matchups. You know, it plays a big part in things. And uh, the the Mavs, how the Kings really matched up well against them this year. I mean, they swept them right throughout throughout the year. So that that was that was nice. Um, and then I, I was kind of interesting for, for the Clippers, though. They kind of tanked their end of the season so they can get this matchup, which I, it confused me because last year they played the Mavs in the playoffs, and, and they did. it was kind of a tough series, so that was kind of surprising. Well, you know what? They were trying to avoid the Lakers <clears throat> successfully. That's what they did. They literally tanked their season to avoid L.A. What a bunch of pussies, dude. You know what I mean? What a bunch of pussies, dude. You're going to spend that much money on Paul George and make this big old deal about Kawhi Leonard and bring in, you know, Rondo and, you know, Marcus Morris and Ibaka and, and Zubox and Patrick Beverly and Reggie Boogie, Jackson. Boogie, don't forget about Boogie. Boogie and, and Boogie. And then you're going to be a freaking pussy and avoid the Lakers, dude. That's just that. Hey, bro, that's just hella. That's just that beta shit. All right. That's why the Clippers will never, you know, Never overtake the Lakers in LA just because they stay doing some pussy shit like that. Yeah, that 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 was uh, that was kind of suspect. But um, the, you know, looking at the brackets, who you've been watching all the games, all right? And I right now, missed, I have not missed a playoff game yet. Yeah, right now, um, I'll I know that game happened tonight. Atlanta, Atlanta's playing. That's a oh. that's a tough little series going on. Julius Randle, we talked about him on the podcast last week. Terrible series so far. Yeah, he's not not <laughs> playing well. Not playing well. It, I think it's the first three games he's averaging like fourteen points a game. Um, I you know I said this I said this on our last pod, but um, shout out my boy Louis, um, out there you know on the on the East Coast. But I believe Louis in South Carolina now. He listens to every episode, but big time Knicks fan, huge Knicks fan. And uh, me and him got a bet. I said I said Hawks and six, and so you know, looking right right now, uh, the Hawks team, dude, they're just hella deep. They're just—it's crazy, you know. Depth is depth is huge in the playoffs. You know, you're playing every other night. The intensity is ramped up, and uh, they're just hella deep, dude. Not you know, the Knicks really can't compete with that man. When when you got you know Derrick Rose, you know Derrick Rose is is he's a good player. You know he's okay. But it's not like Derrick Rose of ten years ago, you know. So when Derrick Rose is your leading scorer, um, you know, for your team in the playoffs, dude, you can't expect to advance. You know, there's too many good teams out there. But yeah, the, the Hawks, man, that's a that's definitely a team that that's done it done it correctly, right? Building their building their team and getting depth, definitely done it correctly. Who do you like coming out on so far? If you if you had to like pick now, like who do you, who's the two teams you like? Has it changed for you? Because who was your pick at the beginning of the yeah, season? I had Lake, Lakers Nets. Yeah, because I remember we did the preview. I mean, like everybody did. Yeah, yeah, everybody did. Lake, Lakers Nets, right? But if I, you know, honestly, um, 
it's it's hard, dude, because the Lakers, right? Everybody freaked out when the Suns won Game One, right? Gentlemen, sweet bro, like it's coming, you know? You like, so? Lakers, oh, dude, Lakers are gonna do them like that in five. Yeah, yeah, Lakers are gonna end it in five. Okay, they're gonna win tomorrow night, right? That game last night, dude. It you know, it was close, I guess, for a little bit, you know, like they were within ten in the fourth quarter and shit. But dude. Let's be real, man. The Lakers owned them last night. There was a point where I'm sure everyone's seen the memes where Drummond was imitating LeBron on the sideline and LeBron was kind of just fucking around with Jay Crowder and, uh, you know, Lakers gentlemen sweep there. But I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if the Lakers are, are going to have enough games under them to to beat Utah, dude. A Utah solid as hell, you know, like. People, you know, they're 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 playing against Memphis right now. Memphis, that's a good matchup. They match up well against Utah, but I I really think Utah, their depth, dude. It's it's Lakers, Utah coming out of the West, I think. Um, and I I really, it's hard, dude. Can you bet against LeBron? You know, like can can you? I I don't know if the Lakers are gonna have. Like I said, I don't know if they have enough games under their belt together um, to get past that. And you know, the depth is, you know, they're a a rolled ankle from you know being not very good you know lebron rolling his ankle and they're they're terrible so uh, i'm gonna go with utah dude i think i think that's what i'm gonna do. fuck it i think i'm gonna go utah to the west wow it is it's that's interesting because when we when we did an episode going into the into the playoffs we talked about utah and you had said at that time you didn't think that they were for real dude, but no, you but changed I, watching them watching them dude you know i've been i've been you know it's, it's hard because you you know it's not like you watch these teams every night during the regular season, right? So when when you come and you watch them play, you know, two, three games in a week, and you really watch them and you see how good um, they really are, dude. I, you know, if hell, it it all depends too. You know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, he missed game one, right? And I think they lost game one to Memphis, uh, but he's back, dude. You know, if they if they're healthy, I really think, dude, that team's Gobert, you know, Royce O'Neal. Ingles, Bogdanovich, John, Donovan Mitchell, Conley, um, Jordan Clarkson, dude. That team's just Derek Favors. That team's so deep. So I just, it. I, I think, I think, it, fuck, dude. I don't know. I'm see now. I'm second guessing it, dude, because it's so hard. LeBron's so good, dude. Yeah, I know it's tough to pick to pick against him. So for me, my I, my original pick was the the Lakers and the Nets, and it, it, even more so with James Harden being on there oh, over there now. It's kind of even. I was looking at the box score tonight from that game, and I want to say like between, I want I, I think Harden dropped like forty one, and then Durant dropped thirty nine. <laughs> mean, they lost the, though, but they yeah, lost. Yeah, yeah, I Jason know. Tatum, but, Jason Tatum fifty pieced them. But that's you know whatever okay Boston's gonna be coached they're gonna play hard to to win or two but yeah see I think if anything the um, the Eastern Conference one has a lot of parity for me because I do think that Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee is kind of an interesting team and so is Philadelphia and it just depends how the matchups you know happen over there so that one's a, a little tough for me even though that broken is loaded I think it's really difficult to pick against them I think that the Lakers though I think it's gonna be the Lakers. I, I don't. I just see it that way. I think when you get in the playoff time, yeah. that that, that yeah. just happens. And like I said, I'm not gonna pick against LeBron. But um, yeah. so go ahead. Talk. You know, I so I want to talk about Milwaukee real quick because, dude, Milwaukee's fucking owning Miami right now. Like owning yeah. it. You know what is it? Three zero now, and they're dude. They're just blowing them out every night, and that's surprising to me. I you know I thought Miami. <clears throat> you know Jimmy Butler said he's locked in for the playoffs before they started. Well. You know, not not this year, but 
Milwaukee, man, adding Drew Holiday to that team has changed has changed that team, man. They are a good fucking team. They're really good. Yeah. But I don't, you know, firepower wise, dude, are you going to do you think they can beat Brooklyn? I don't, you know, because at the end of the day, Giannis, he's not hitting 25 footers. You know what I mean? That's the that's the game changer right there. No, but they got guys who can match up. You know, Giannis can match up against against Durant Middleton. Yeah. You know, he's he's a bigger guy. I mean, it's it's yeah, but you, it's a go ahead. But you you know, like, yeah, you said Giannis can match up against KD, but, you know, KD's still going to get 25 out of that. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, when when you're arguably the best scorer of all time, you know, uh, KD as a seven-footer, his ability to score the ball, it, I, you know, you put that up there with anybody in NBA history, he's still going to get his, you know. And then on top of that, you know, Middleton, yeah, cool, you can, you can try to guard James Harden. James Harden, another one, you know, his scoring ability, top five of all time, in my opinion. Um, and then you have the impossible task of guarding Kyrie Irving. There's just so much firepower, dude, from Milwaukee. But, um, but with, they're, they're, with Holiday, Middleton, and and and, yeah, and Giannis, yeah. I mean, that, if there's one team in the Eastern Conference yeah. that can match up, is those three guys can match up on them three. You know, but they they're just so elite, dude. That they're so elite, they're gonna get theirs. You know yeah, what well, I mean? Like, look, I mean, look that's why I'm dude. You know? That's why I'm gonna I'm gonna pick them, but. Yeah, the the playoffs, their playoffs are interesting. They're fun. We don't really talk as much about NBA basketball, so just because it is Kings cast, you know. But there's there's a lot of former Kings playing the playoffs, and you know a lot of role players. So uh, I've seen this post in Kingsland this week, Ryan, about oh, all the former Kings are playing out there. Look at you know what does that mean? And it's just really that okay, they're role players in other teams. It doesn't mean that the Kings made bad mistakes with those guys. I saw Willie Cauley Stein playing. We talked about a lot of minutes tonight. Yeah, Alec Burks uh, last week. Um, you have Rondo Boogie from way back. I mean, you, the, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of Kings former Kings playing. Um, for the most part, most of them role players. But the one Ryan that we have to bring up that is playing has been the big topic in Kingsland this week. Has been uh, man, I said we wouldn't bring this up again, but why not, right? It's uh, Bogey is playing for the Hawks, and so that's kind of floating around, and it's it's crazy that to still to this day people don't understand they don't understand that that situation you know they don't understand the situation and why it happened the way it did and why he left and all of that you know it, it's to me it's it's just crazy um and and we've tried to do this we've done kings cast for a really long time and we've tried to say that it's not always about like talent like if you're just picking players just to pick them, yeah, you would pick the guy. But there's contracts that go with it, and contracts prevent future contracts, and they're locked up for multiple years, and it's a cap space league. And that's why you, if you look around the league, there's so many guys that have that are really good, who are NBA All-Stars, that are on their second, their third, their fourth team, because that's how the league is. You get to a point where you can't always, um, you know, keep a player. And that's the thing with Bogdanovich was always the thing last year Ryan and it's crazy that to, that still you know we're still hearing this um his contract was for four years you know and it was always about the money and and so people talk about oh it was a mistake on McNair and it's like no it was a mistake on Vladi for not signing him initially it was a mistake on Vladi for not trading him when he had the opportunity McNair was stuck with the hot potato you know what I mean that's basically what it was right he was stuck like, okay, I guess I got to make this call. Like, I'd love to keep him, but we don't have the cash base. And, and look, at, if they had kept him, look where the Kings would be at this year coming into the offseason, you know? Um, 
at the end of the day, Bogdanovich is a cool player. He's a good player. He's a cool player. He's a he's a good rotational player who can start, who can score a little bit. I mean, it's, it was never a knock on him. And then they pin the buddy versus bogey thing again, and, and then you want to compare the statistics and all that, even though, you know, Bogdanovich missed half the year. You know, um, it's just everyone goes to the buddy hate and that, and that conversation. It's just interesting that that's a – it's people still think it was about selecting – buddy as a talent over bogdanovich at that time that's not what it was it's just so weird man i don't know what you thought about it but it's been a topic this week it has but it's it's ridiculous dude you know that what really bugs me is it's the it's the pedestal that people put bogdanovich on people really believe that bogdanovich is like a a top tier player in the nba dude like there's a lot of people out there in Kingsland, that I see that thing. You're talking about fans, team. right? You're talking about like fans that think yes, that. Yes, okay, because not not yeah, like in, not like real. Yeah. No, I said in Kingsland, right? In 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 on Kingsland, there's a lot of fans out there who who really think that McDonovich is that great, and it's like, you know, McDonovich does some. He's a good player, right? He's a good, cool player. But if McDonovich is your second best player in your team, you're not you're not winning too many games. Right, I, I really believe if McDonavich is your third best player, you know you're you're you know you might be a playoff team, but you're not winning, you know, nothing major. So people got to differentiate that. Like tonight, his stat line: thirty nine minutes, played the most minutes on the Hawks tonight. Right, fifteen points, three assists, eight rebounds. Right, knocked down some threes tonight. That's really typically, you know, if, if McDonavich scores over ten points, he probably hit three threes. You know, so he shot three for four from three, but six from twelve from the field. You know, very pedestrian numbers for playing 40 minutes, okay? Um, you know, like I said, he's a good role player. But I don't really think that, you know, Bogdanovich staying in Sacramento would have, you know, hypothetically, if, if it was Buddy that left and Bogdanovich that stayed, would Sacramento be any better than they were right now? No, they wouldn't. Well, people would argument do. the argument to that would be that they would there would be a uh, more cap space available. Okay, so he got, what, four years, $72 million? Um, that, I that's don't, what Bogdanovich I, get. I that's what Bogdanovich. All right, so I, I believe Bogdanovich got four years, seventy-two million. All right, Buddy Heald's what? Four years, 80, 80 million? I think. It, okay, it, it was like an eighteen million a year for Bogdanovich, and then, and then, uh, Buddy, 20, you know, twenty-four de-escalating down. Yeah, you know, so it, it was it like. Man, okay. Five six million of savings, five, people. Okay. That is that is, that is the counter to what people five, say. Though. Five, yeah, that's and and I understand that. I understand that. But okay, but Buddy Healed stays on the court. Okay, Buddy Healed is available. You know, look how many games that Bogdanovich has missed in his career. All right, look how many he missed forty games this year. Right, you know, and, and it, it, Bogdanovich, you people can say whatever they want. Bogdanovich doesn't even he's not even in the same stratosphere of a shooter as Buddy Heald is. All right, people, you could try to you could try to trick yourselves into being like, oh, well, he shot 43% this year. Yeah, he also shot like six threes a game, right? Buddy, you know, Buddy like doubles that. You know, uh, Buddy was healthy all year. So um, I, I just don't, I don't really see it, dude. I don't understand what the, what the, you know, the, the um, attraction to Bogdanovich, fascination. Yeah, I really just, I don't see it, dude. It really... You know, people just constantly comparing Buddy to Bogey, Buddy to Bogey. I just really, I don't, under, I don't understand the, uh, you know, what the what positive stuff comes out of that. I don't, I, it doesn't, I don't get it. I really just well, don't I, get it. 
I, I just think that people are fans of one guy, fan, not fans of the other. They pin the two against. I have a different approach than the approach you're taking. It's, um, you know, I, I think that it, it was just one of those things where the Kings had deals to be done and they had to get the deals done. And the the thing about Bogdanovich is he, I don't think he's I don't think he's really worth 18 million across the board. I don't think he'd be worth 18 million for the Kings. See, I think he would have been for one year you can say that, but when you're talking about four-year contracts, the Kings just they were in no position to uh make that decision for four years down the road. That's really what it com- came down to. And it's the same thing that could happen with Holmes this year. It's the same It's the same problem that you face anytime you have a player on your roster that hits unrestricted free agency, right? It's another team is in a totally different cap situation that could outbid you because they have the cap space for the next two to three years where they can eat it up front and then two years down the line, they can figure it out. Because if, if you look at the Atlanta Hawks right now, um, you know what? What they did is they they kind of stacked their their roster. You talked about their depth. They kind of stacked their roster, so to speak, with larger contracts um, because Trey Young is still in his in a rookie contract. It's it's like in the NFL. So with, is John Collins. Yeah, it's like in the NFL when you have like uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Russell Wilson early in his career. These guys who made it to Super Bowls on rookie deals, you know, the Rams back in the, you know a couple of years ago with Jared Goff, like they're able to overpay guys for a year or two because their superstar is playing above his contract. He's on a rookie deal. He's only Trey Young's only making uh, I think I'm looking at six point five million this year. <laughs> what? So they were able to go pay Gallinari twenty million, Bogdanovich eighteen million, Capella seventeen million because. On the low end, they, like you said, you talked about John Collins making four million, Trey Young making six million, uh, Chris De- Dunn four De- million, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Horder making two point something. I mean, so when you have the young guys like that, you can stack the top end. You can do that. You know, you can do that. And then in a year or two, the Hawks are going to face the same issues. I mean, you said it with John Collins this year. They're going to have to figure out John Collins this year. They're probably going to have to trade a twenty-three-year-old a nice offensive solid power forward and um you know <laughs> so teams that's the thing when you look at the whole situation with that if 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 the if Darren Fox wasn't coming up to this massive contract and the Kings didn't have other guys under they would have been able to sign the guy and that's really what it comes down to guys it didn't come down to the talent or they were able to get the Buddy Hill deal done they were they were just able to get that done you know early on if you remember both guys were up yep. And they were able to get it done, and so yeah. they chose they chose the guy at the time who was better. Buddy Hield was like, if you remember, and, and and that's the thing people like to look in hindsight, Ryan, when they look at making the um, when they like to evaluate. Okay, coming into that into that that off season, Buddy Hield was the Kings' number one score. The Kings said we're just finishing the ninth seed. He was their number one score. He had just won the three point contest. He, I mean, you got to put it in that place, right? you got to put him in that place. What are they not going to pay their, 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 their leading scorer? Who's one of the top three point shooters in the league. Who's who looks like he's going to be a great, I mean, you know, so you got to put it in that context like that. And, and maybe they did overpay him a little bit, but at least, at least the buddy heel deal was, it was structured that way that it was deescalating so that in, in the future years, it's not, it's not the, the high cap hit, you know? And we've, we've talked about this before too, is, you know, one of the things that hindered their ability to re-sign Bogdanovich was the Corey Joseph fucking signing. That Corey Joseph contract fucked them, dude. That was $12 million, you know, that you were on the hook for. You know, $12 million you were on the hook for for Corey Joseph, and you could have allocated that money to Bogdanovich. 
You know, that people don't, you know, people forget about that, dude. That was fucking huge, dude. You don't sign Corey Joseph, and there's a good possibility Bogdanovich is still on this team. There's a very good possibility about that. No, that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good it's a really good point, man. No, it's a really good point. We've talked about it on the podcast, and that's where we said it last week, though. You know, in our conversation last week, when we were kind of talking about the off season and how it's coming up, and and how we talked about sometimes like it's not about massive moves, but sometimes like little a little move, a wrong mistake with a little move could cost you the ability to sign a guy, and that's where with Rashawn Holmes, they're kind of staring down the barrel with the same thing. You know, um, and that's why you and I have been really advocates uh, as fans when a guy is coming towards unrestricted free agency. Sometimes you might be better off just moving them um, or even restricted free agency. In in this case with Bogey, where you you potentially could be forced to match, Um, you'd move them and get something and then cut your losses. But, you know. That's the thing. That's the one thing I think, Ryan, about uh, the Kings and their situation over the last over a decade now of the, of them not being as good, and then the fans being so passionate. Small town team players are super beloved and involved in the franchise. That that I think it, it it's a little bit different than in a bigger market, you know, where guys come and go all the time. It's like this attachment to role players over the years is just. Uh, you know, it, it, it becomes these crazy debate about about rotational players. Um, you know, people want to talk about stats a lot, Ryan. And, and we were talking about stats this week. Buddy, Buddy Hield, you know, number one in minutes. I mean, he's basically one or two in every single category on the entire team, you know. Um, and then they're they're talking about him and comparing him uh, with uh, with Bogdanovich, who only played 24 games this year. That's like not a fair comparison at all. But the whole stats thing has been an interesting thing for you and I since beginning of the year. Because remember, like, Matt George replied to us and was like, oh, stats, like, stats aren't everything. Stats aren't everything, you know? But then then the same, you know, people on Kingsland or the same dorks on Twitter, they want to drop the per stats or the or the per 36 stats or what other dumb stats. What's, they one, like? what's they, one I got told? I got told the other day there. Um, fuck, who was it? Plus Somebody minus was, stats, you no, know, all these different things. It wasn't things. plus minus. It was... Um, Oh God, I got to look. I think it was like a defensive. It was some type of defensive rating. And it's just like I had put because what what happened was is a lot of people are hating on Buddy Heald, right? And the number one knock on Buddy Heald is turnovers. Okay. And what people don't understand is Buddy Heald led the team in, in minutes, correct? He was like, or maybe he was, I think he was number one towards the end of the year because Barnes ended up getting hurt. Anyways, he was number one in minutes played. Okay. For the Kings. He averaged 1.8 turnovers a game. 1.8, okay, 1.8, Barnes, 1.6 turnovers, Halliburton, 1.6 turnovers, and played a lot less minutes and, and missed a lot more games, you know, uh, you know, Darren Fox averaged like three, three turnovers a game, but the, you know, the one thing that I wanted to, to, to point out was, um, what I was getting towards is I told these people, hey, the turnover argument's dead, it's dead just because at the end of a game you saw him dribble the ball out of bounds, which fucking happens all the goddamn time, right? Like Steph Curry did it in the play on play in game like two weeks ago, right? Like the shit happens, okay? Just because it happened once and it got stuck in your brain, it's not a basis to bash a guy about turnovers. Buddy Heald's turnovers were one point eight a game, so I was really I was going on there and I was like, dude, the turnover argument's dead. One point eight a game, that's not bad at all for the amount of minutes the guy plays, the amount of time the ball, blah 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 blah, right? So I get told. Well, what was his defensive efficiency rating or whatever the hell it was, dude? I was, I didn't, 
And I literally told this guy, like, dude, I don't know, man. I got the I got to stop stats off the top of my head, bro. Like, go Google it yourself, right? Because first off, you don't even fucking know what that stat is. You don't know how they calculate it. Okay, this is you know this is one thing I'm gonna go off on for a second is a lot of you people out there. You like to say, well, what's their you know defensive ratings? Blah 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 blah. Okay, you don't even know what the fuck that is. None of you, none of you guys can tell me what the fuck it is. None of you guys can tell me how it's calculated. Okay. None of you guys can tell me how it correlates or, or who the, you know, the top guys are at that rating. Right. And why? Okay. None of you guys don't fucking know it, dude. So there's a lot of people out there that try to go off on as stat nerds. Well, this and this and this, and you know, well, this stat says this. And it's like, no, you don't even know what the fuck that is, dude. So I'm the type of person, if I don't know what the fuck it is, I'm not going to bring it up in an argument. All right. So it goes back to the point that I was saying with this person is they threw the stats out there. I'm like, well, what the fuck is it? Then you told me you, you look it up, look it up and come back and explain it to me and tell me how that correlates to us winning or not winning. Right. And it was just funny because there's a lot of stats out there, dude, that you, I don't fucking know how they correlate it. You know, I don't I don't know how they do this stuff. I, I don't know. Outside of, you know, obviously points, rebounds, assist steals turnovers just basic average things you know your plus minus is another one too that i'm gonna that i'm gonna start going towards you know plus minus is a stupid stat half the time anyway me and eric had a conversation about this the other day right plus minus it's stupid unless it's taking as like a collective group okay so you know your plus minus you know for example halliburton's plus minus in one game can be you know um minus 10 right kings win but his plus minus is minus 10. Why? Because he played with the backups at the end of the game, right? That's literally, you know, that's not a true testament to what the guy did on the court that night. He probably played 30 minutes that night. Kings won, but because he was in at the end of the game and there were some bullshit points at the end that just plus minus went down, like that's stupid. They really don't make sense. They, you know, you guys are using these stats to try to make a point and they're not, they're stupid stats. They're not making any sense at all. Yeah, no, it does. The stats thing, the one that, um, the one that really messes with me, I don't like the per 36 one um, because that that one's like basically what they would do, <laughs> you know, at, at per 36. And that's some 2K shit, bro. <laughs> it is some 2K shit. It's like, yeah, the best the best part is that, yeah, people stats don't matter. Right. So when when, when they don't support your take or they don't support the player like or the argument you know they don't matter that's what we get told but then but then they like to use them to try to sound smart but like you said they don't know they don't even know what they're talking about it's like it's kind of like baseball baseball's become that way where it's what has happened is it's become the advanced statistics has been a way for people to try to like that want to be nerds and dive into one little thing and then they want to base their whole uh, argument off of one little stat that they saw so they, they can sound a lot smarter than the room, you know? And then sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not that complicated. You kind of just watch the games. Um, and then the big three categories are the big three categories for a reason, right? Um, and you said this when we were talking the other day, right? And you said, well, I, I don't know. You can say this and uh, about this player and this about this player, but I can tell you this. All the really good players in the NBA and all the really good players throughout NBA history, they've always had really legit stats in the big three. You know, they have. <laughs> and so sometimes it's not as that complicated. Um, but, yeah, the, the crazy stat nerd stuff is is gotten a little bit, a little bit crazy, you know. Um, and 
I wanted to reference another post. I wanted to, sh- to transition us, Ryan, because KC has been making some really good posts lately on Kingsland. And he made one. Um, it kind of supported one thing we've been saying for a while, and it's been the uh, patience with young players. So, oh, I saw this. I saw. Yeah, oh, this see, is good. Dude, I forgot yeah. about this. Yeah, I wanted to bring yeah, it yeah. up. KC, I, I got to You know, the, K, we got to get KC back on. We've just been real busy in recording late during the week. I know it's tough for him to get on with us, but I know we're going to get him on soon. Um, but okay, so let's let's go into this, Ryan. Uh, we believe that if you're going to draft young players, you have to be patient for four to five years. That's kind of what it is. When you draft them at 18, really, they're not. Look at, well, we just talked about a guy, John Collins. He's finally, you know, 23. He, you know, Julius Randle, he's finally, come, you know, coming into his. It takes four or five years. It's what happens. You draft him too young. That's why we, sometimes we're not really fans of, uh, as some, of drafting a bunch of young guys. That's why we're hashtag TTP. We've been the last couple of years because sometimes we don't have four to five years to wait. So it's funny because you have on one hand, everybody wants to go is really looking forward to the draft this year and they want to tank and they want to do all this crap. Right. And they want to go for this super young player because all it does is, is it illuminates optimism to them. Um, but then there's the same exact people who hate on Marvin Bagley. They hate him because he's not developing quick enough. He's not making the impact quick enough, you know, and that's just funny, this contradiction diction between this group of people you know in their brains so casey made this post and he, he said um at age 22 in their third season julius randall 13.2 and 8 on the rebounds sabonis 14 and 9 on the rebounds uh vucevic 14 and 11 on the rebounds uh jonas valachunas 12 and 8 on the rebounds um and then uh, marvin bagley 14 and 7 on the rebounds. so basically what he's saying is he's pretty much in line with what these guys have produced at this age, other other power forward center types currently in the league, who I would consider all all four of those other guys, some of them all stars. Is Valachunas? I can't recall all no. star appearance on him, but no. the other guys are good, you know. And that's just what he's comparing is that the, the patience thing, and it just shows that right there. And, and um, it, it's something ahead. to point out. Something to point out about that too is Vucevic, Julius Randle, Jonas Valanciunas, and who was the other one? Uh, Sabonis. Sabonis, right? Three of the four guys. Right, so Sabonis, all right, you know, Sabonis coming off the bench, he's bounced around, right? Sabonis starting in OKC um, and then went to Indiana. Like, the the guy bounced around, right? He's he's not on the same team, okay? Um, Vucevic didn't make the playoffs, right? Hasn't been, you know, Julius Randle, he's in the playoffs finally. You know, so it's not like any of the, who's also on his third team, right? Um you know who's who, why am I forgetting the other person? Who's the last person? Um, Valanciunas, second team, right? None of these guys are on their original team. That's something to point out too. And you know what it was? Is people just giving up too early? You know, OKC just giving up too early, trying to. You know, they I, I believe they traded Sabonis for that Val, for uh, Victor Oladipo, right? I think that's how that went down. I think that's how he ended up there. Am I correct on that, or am I wrong? I forget. Anyways. It's it, the point is they gave up on they gave up on these guys too early. No, I, I'm I'm definitely wrong on that. But they gave up they gave up on these guys way too early. It was Paul George trade. Okay, there you go. They they gave up on these guys way too early, and and you hit it on the dot, man. It's like everybody wants to hey, let's go get this guy, let's get this guy, and then all of a sudden they don't produce like a superstar in year one, which almost nobody ever does, and you know the fans are pissed. Uh, but that that was a great poster. I saw it today, and I was like, "Damn, KC man, just coming with that fire that that hitters always." 
Well, it's the off season, and that's what we've talked about. People have all these different takes, these different opinions, um, and it it's something to reiterate. We we do reiterate things over our episodes because people don't always listen, or they forget, or the point's not always maybe made. And and one of the things that I talked about with you a couple weeks ago was that. The NBA season is so long. You know, it spans over how many months it's been? October, six, October six to months, June. Basically right now, you know, there's there's so many like different seasons within a season, so to speak. Different stretches, you know, and that people get, people like think about uh, one little stretch and like you talked about, they form their whole opinion on a player based on, like you said with Buddy Hill, they saw him go off his foot in like the 32nd game of the season. So all of a sudden that's a representation of the player as a whole. And we talk about totality of stats and totality of a team and everything like that. Um, and so when you get to the off season, people have these things that they remember from early in the season and think that's a representation of the Kings as a whole of a certain player as a whole. And then they start making these, 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 topics they put make these topics on the kingsland page or on twitter or wherever else and then casey's been doing a pretty good job of just kind of throwing those counter stats and i I just put on there you know perspective and that's really what it is but it's goes back to the original thing that brought us into the topic which is that contradictory of i just want to keep people to keep that in mind you know if you want to go for a young player look look at the path to get there you know it really really doesn't work out that you are going to draft the guy and he's going to take you i mean it really luca has been the only guy recently that that's been the case you know besides that it doesn't really you know really happen too much you know um yeah i don't know what 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 else anything else you've been on there that you thinking I mean, I we're gonna save, right? Like, I'm not gonna talk about Holmes right now. We got an episode coming for that. Yeah, that we could tease that. I guess you know the we got a good Holmes episode coming up here pretty soon. We're gonna have somebody come on from Kingsland that really, really, really has Rashawn Holmes back, um, and we're gonna give give him a platform to um, to to tell us why and, and why Sacramento uh, should keep Rashawn Holmes, and I'll be here to. Uh, to uh counter that and it should be fun but um yeah man that's that's really all i got besides you know these playoffs dude this is a really good time to be an nba fan dude i fucking love it i i I can honestly say dude i out of all the sport you know because me and eric are huge sports fan i'm a big baseball guy big football guy um out of all the sports dude i like nba playoffs the most because just the amount of games um, you know, the superstar powerhouse. You're like, dude, there's just a superstar every other, you know, every night, every game, there's a superstar. There's a, there's somebody that's, you know, intriguing that you want to watch. You know, baseball doesn't really have that. You know, football has that, but it's once a week, twice a week, you know, in the playoffs. So that basketball season, dude, I just freaking love it, man. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a good time. It's a good time to watch those games. And, and Kingsland has still been popping. Everyone's been checking us out. Uh, Ryan, so that's been fun, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into the next couple episodes that we have planned. Those are gonna be those are gonna be kind of exciting. So, hey guys, we appreciate you listening. In. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and at Kingscast Ryan, and we're very active on our Facebook group Kingsland. And if you are enjoying Kingscast, please slide down after the show and give us five stars so that other Kings fans like you can help uh, find us. Um, so, um, with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Okay.
Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.